So we're telling you a little bit about ourselves. We're telling you here's why we're doing what we're doing. Here's what your money goes to. Here's a success story. Now we want you to donate. It's essentially without holding their hand and talking to them what that donor journey is. You're on a mission and you just need more people to know about it. And whether you're brand new to marketing or a seasoned pro, we are all looking for answers to make marketing decisions with purpose. I'm Monica Pitts, a techie, crafty business owner, mom, and aerial dancer who solves communication challenges through technology. This podcast is all about digging in and going digital. I'll share my marketing know-how and business experience from almost 20 years of misadventures. I'll be your backup dancer so you can stop doubting and get moving towards marketing with purpose. Hello again, and welcome back to Nonprofit Marketing with Purpose. My name is Monica Pitts, and I am your host and the lucky lady who gets to interview Heather Stewart today. Now, Heather and I have known each other for a long time because she's been in the nonprofit community in Columbia, Missouri for, I don't know, a really long time. She'll tell us how long in just a second. (laughs) But last year when I was prepping for our year-end giving training, Heather volunteered to talk about creating a simple year-end giving ask that sticks. And unfortunately, I didn't get to talk to her about it last year. But man, when I was planning it out this year, I was like, ooh, Heather, you're in the lineup. We got to talk about this because I do know that writing, okay, so asking for money is scary, right? Writing can be scary for some people too. And so then you put them together and it's like the perfect cocktail of like writer's block, right? And so my goal today is to talk to Heather and through her experience, empower you to be able to write that year in giving ask. So that way you can earn the money that you need for your nonprofits um, endeavors. Okay. So with that said, tell us about you, Heather, who are you and, and where do you work and what do you do? Okay. Well, thank you, Monica. I'm so glad that you asked me to be part of the podcast. Um, I am Heather Stewart. I am with the Voluntary Action Center or VAC, however you like to refer to us. Um, I am in the middle of my third year with the organization. I was a lucky individual that started in February of 2020. And then that lovely pandemic hit. Um, so my, my fundraising specific duties as the director of development look a lot different than some people who may have been doing this for years because I didn't have the same situations coming up. I had pandemic. I had, I wasn't in the office. So lots of different obstacles, um, which made for it to um, a perfect ground to scrap the old in with the new, take out what needed, to, what was successful and other things, what didn't work. And then also look at the whole new landscape of who the whole donor cycle, who are the donors, um, where that's going. So, um, and it was actually my first time of um, specifically writing a letter that was going to get mailed with a specific ask. Um so that was always interesting and finding the right voice to hit those individuals. So um, that's kind of a little bit about me. And you've mentioned, yes, I have been in the nonprofit world here in Columbia for mm, 20 plus years. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, I left to work for the for-profit in a for-profit company um, for a couple of years. This is my passion and my calling and 
a lot of my colleagues are in the nonprofit world. So um, it's, it's a great place to be. And I have wonderful resources and individuals that support it. So um, with that, that's a little bit about me. Now we can get into really why people want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Figuring out how they can put together a year-end fundraising ask that sticks, that isn't so scary to put together. So the first uh, kind of, I don't know if it's a myth, but okay. So for the past few years, we ran what we called our craft your ask challenge. And what I found was as we were coaching people through writing their fundraising appeal for the end of the year, I ended up with like paragraphs upon paragraphs of content coming back at me. Like that's what people felt like their fundraising appeal was. And I got to be honest with you. I don't know. Like part of me thought we were just going to be writing a couple, you know, like a paragraph, (laughs) but that's not how it ended up. So tell me about what you feel like your, your year end like fundraising ask is, is it like the whole letter or is it just the punchline? Is it the purpose of the fundraiser? Like introduce me with what you feel like it is. Well, I think there's two different things. So when you mentioned fundraiser and then you mentioned the year and letter, and to me, those are two very different things because a fundraiser okay. is a specific event that's raising maybe something for a specific purpose, or it is just a way for people to get together. The year and ask or the year and letter is really a, a no touch kind of marketing piece, if you will, that's just going to kind of go out to whomever um, and, and be a tactile thing for them to look at. Um, and we tend to just do a letter front and back, um, because it's not too much to consume. It's got our logo on it. So it's printed on our letterhead traditionally. So it's got our branding on it and people know what it is there in that letter. I don't like paragraphs. I am a bullet point. Tell me what I need to know. Kind of a thing. There's there's a time for paragraphs, but I don't think they should be more seven or eight lines, unless there's something that has to be said in there. Um, Because I think it tends to lose people. Mm -hmm. When you open up a letter that's got a whole bunch of text with no like way to find some piece of information, honestly, nine times out of 10, you're probably going to set it aside and not look Mm -hmm. at it. Um, There has to be something. I don't know if I would say punchline, but there has to be some type of graphic or something that will draw them into why they need to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so within that letter, briefly say who our organization is, because they may be, um, maybe they were a first time donor for a fundraiser and they may not, they need a reminder of what they're doing. Um, so just a quick reminder of what your organization is, maybe throw in your mission if that fits it, but it's not always necessarily the right place. Um, for it, because um, you want to briefly, basically, your org information is your short elevator speech, if you will, to, to draw people in. Um, give some numbers about if you're in the service industry, um, the amount of people that you served, and how you've made that change. If you are in a non-service industry, um, and maybe it's like how many concerts you've had, how many people have attended said concerts, how many places you're in, in the schools to provide the service. So something that they can see immediately, okay, here's kind of the things that we're doing Um, and include a story. Um, And I know that there's going to be some other, there's some other components of this series of um, podcasts, but really telling the story. 
whether that be a heart-wrenching story to kind of pull people in, if that's your draw and people like it, that's not necessarily my deal, but I know it works. But then I'm a success story. So you have to have one and the other. Um, and then as I was talking to Monica before this started, the one thing that, because um, we've said the word ask in this several times, is the number one reason people do not give to an organization is because we do not ask. So I think don't bury the ask within the letter. Be clear on what that is. And whether the ask leads into success stories. So $50 allows us to get, you know, an individual to get gas money five times from back to get to and from work or to and from appointments. And then we give a success story about it. So there's some correlation that ties people into my money is actually being spent on what it's supposed, what I'm asking them to do it on. Um, and keeping it to a uh, front and back of a page. Otherwise you'll lose people. Mm-hmm. I agree. I love the bullet points idea because that makes it way more consumable. I also like when key elements are bolded because as a skimmer, because I'm a big picture person, mm-hmm. I'm going to skim through the bolded elements. I'm going to read a few of the bullet points. And then I'm, if, if I'm intrigued, I'll read the whole darn thing. Like I really will. I'll just sit down and read it then. But I first have to be able to look at it and be like, is this something that I want to read? And then I'll sit down and read it, even as a big picture person, because sometimes they're written really well. And the story really does draw me in. And I'm like, yeah, well, and because I'm I'm reading it to see if I can learn something yeah. from how to write a good year and giving ask. <laughs> Right. And, and one thing that we, you need to make sure is you put the ways that they can give in the letter. Um, don't necessarily assume that they know all the ways to give. Um, and you can go back and forth if you want the expense, the return envelopes, um, you know, the n- number nine envelopes for those that know all about the um, world of sending in return envelopes. Um, those are great because people will leave them. And it's so funny because you might get them six months later. And you know, it was from that ass, but it's just because they forgot or they put it aside. So there is some value to that, but it also gives them a chance to send some stuff, you know, to send it back without having to find an envelope, if you will. Um, but giving the different way to give QR codes are easy. Um, for those individuals that want to click it. Um, the other thing too, that we do with this particular letter is we do it in-house because we personalize the letter. So it can't go bulk mail. So it goes first class mail, um, which I think just adds a little bit of um, connection with those donors. And so the individuals that we know have a special connection, um, I know there might be some people who are friends of our board members. So I could possibly pull out those letters and say, hey, would you write a note on it? Or I know the people and I write a note before it gets folded and put in there. So you can make it a little bit more personable instead of just a blanket bulk mail ask. I do get a lot of them from the nonprofits that I work with on a regular basis. They'll have a, a like a mail merge letter, but they'll write in the margin like, hey, Monica, we always appreciate your contributions. You're an amazing human being. Thank you again. Yeah. And it makes me feel good that they took the time to, you know, personalize it, especially since I probably talk to them like every other week. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, so I just want to recap for folks that are listening. 
for this year end fundraising ask, and I call it a fundraising ask because Mm -hmm. for us, for my company, it's part of a campaign, right? Of of multiple months. It's not just one letter. It's like, we're starting talking to people in October and it's moving all the way through until the end of December. But um, what Heather is saying is as you're writing that piece of content that you're going to mail to people, we need to remember to say who your organization is, share the mission if it fits. Um, and, and when you say who your organization is to do remember that people, you have their contact information. So you have met them at least once before. They have like a slight clue of who you are. You don't have to have your whole about page from your website in this letter. <laughs> it can be, you know, um, and then, okay. So who your organization is, the mission, if it fits, you're going to share numbers. You can tell a story through those numbers, like who you served, um, what you did. You're basically showing them that you're going to be a good steward with their donation, the investment that they're making in your organization. That's what you're doing with that. You're like proving to them, hey, we do great things when you support us. And then Heather says it's great to put a success story in there. And then don't forget to actually ask for the donation. Like you have to tell them. And Heather says that you can have an envelope that you can, they can mail back or you could put a QR code, um, whatever it is, but we need to tell them, hey, you need to make a donation, right? Anything else you want to just like put on top of that recap? I just wanted to make sure that I like put it really concise and reminded. (laughs) But as you were, as you were kind of going through the process, you're, you're pretty much recapping what a donor process is. So whether they've given before or not, maybe this in a, we got their name and they may not have donated, but we want to reach out to them for an ask because they've attended something. You're kind of giving them the journey. So we're telling you a little bit about ourselves. We're telling you here's why we're doing what we're doing. Here's what your money goes to. Here's a success story. Now we want you to donate. So you're kind of giving them, it's essentially without holding their hand and talking to them what that donor journey is. And then still reminding them, even though they haven't donated, you're thanking them for supporting the organization, supporting what you're doing, that kind of stuff. So it is, it's basically your, your donor journey in a letter. If kind of summarize what you were, what you were saying um, when you were recapping what I was telling you, those are the same things you do when you're talking to a donor. I think about it, like if they read the letter and it gave them, gave them something that they could talk about at the dinner table that night, then I've done a good job. <laughs> like whatever it is, mm-hmm. if it's the person that sticks to the numbers and they're like, did you know that we have X, Y, Z in this community, you know, then, then you've done something great. Like you did the letter, right. Um, so, or, and then I guess the flip side of it is, is that they feel something, then they would probably be likely to share that at the dinner table as well. So I'm always like, can I make it to where, yes, you want to donate, but even if you don't, you, you remembered like a piece of this communication and you can share it with others. Cause that's, I mean, it's not the same thing as a donation, but it's still a really, a powerful part of communication, obviously, is that spiraling effect. And I would say if you're doing all, if you're focusing on really doing a good letter and putting a good story and numbers that back it up, that should then also fall into 
some of your social media posts so that it ties them together. Mm -hmm. So that when they're seeing the letter and maybe they're browsing Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter for however they consume additional information, that that information is consistent. It's not specific to a letter. So it's like, okay, we're just doing it to here and now it doesn't exist. It kind of somehow connects everything so that it gives that overall continuity of your organization and validity to your organization, that it's not just a drop in the bucket for this. It's, it really does, you know, there is cohesiveness, if that makes sense. Because as um, one of the questions that we had talked about, we haven't gotten there right now, but um, should the ask be varied um, in, does it always have to be a letter? Does it have to be whatever? And I think it should be varied. I think it's going to be how people do it. Cause we oftentimes don't have email or don't have addresses for people because they give online or they've given online. And so they don't provide us with their email or their address necessarily. And so the letter might look, have the similar content. In fact, probably the same content. It's just going to be delivered differently in that email um, that somebody's going to get. And so just having those consistent things, because you might have somebody that doesn't necessarily, they look at it in their email, but they're like, no, but they see it on LinkedIn or they see it on Twitter or they see something they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to donate because that whatever. So you have to look at all of the people. It's no longer a one size fits all. It's pretty much, you have to give it to all different places and reap that. But if you're spending the time doing the letter, spend that time using that same story, those same information in all of those other components. It makes I, it stronger. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. I, thank you. Because I feel like what I end up doing is I write this actually really like it could end up where you first, the first draft of your letter could be like four pages long because that's what it took for you to get this conversation going in your own mind and with a person. Right. And then you edit it back and that becomes your two page letter. But then you have all those other pieces that you can pull out and use. Maybe you have multiple emails where you took, maybe you told, told two stories in your initial draft and you can only fit one on the mailer. So we'll send two emails, one with one story and one with another. And then all that stuff gets broken mm -hmm. down into little social media posts. And yeah, I totally agree. Then but you don't have to have different stuff for everything. Just pull the good stuff and share it again. <laughs> but I think, but I think there, as you were talking about, as you're writing stuff down, I am a good storyteller to tell a story. I'm not a good storyteller to just start writing something. But if mm -hmm. I have the information, like somebody sat down and said, oh, we have, um, it's like we had a client that, um, example, an older couple, this is almost a year old now, but he needed a, a battery for his glucose monitor. We were, they'd already hit their max. We had to do something to get them seven for a monitor or for this battery. It doesn't necessarily translate in heart compelling in a message. But if I know that that's a story I will, because it's going to impact different people, maybe you do a video because I'm really good. I did theater. I did other stuff, really good storyteller on video and can convey that type of stuff. It does translate well in a letter. Mm -hmm. So you have to look in how to use your time, talents, and treasures of not only whoever's writing this, but maybe your other staff members, maybe your board members that can do it in a different way because I might be more compelled to watch the video than I would to read the letter. Mm -hmm. So really figure out how to use all of those and taking that four pages of notes from that story 
and how how can that set or how does that your path for what you want to do? Yes. So you're always going to lean into your strengths as a team and as an individual, Mm -hmm. whenever you're planning your campaign activities for, for any campaign, it doesn't matter if you're, if it's your general marketing campaign or you're in giving campaign, you shouldn't do things that you hate. Now I do, I'm going to say that. And I'm also going to say (laughs) that there is going to be writing involved in your, in your outreach there just, there has to be, but, and if you're a terrible writer, then definitely pull from your team, make sure that you read what they wrote. Oh my goodness. Read it, read it, read it. Because even if you're not a good writer, because we write for clients all the time, clients with extremely scientific backgrounds, they're, they don't want to write and they have to be able to communicate with the general public. And when they start talking, your eyes just glaze over and you're like, I don't even know what those words mean. Right. So they talk to us and we put in layman's terms and then we give it over to them and they can totally edit it. But the initial right. draft mm-hmm. is like just beyond them, right? And so, yeah, right. just lean into the strengths of your team, but make sure that you stay involved to make sure that your message comes across the way that you intended yeah. it to would be my advice. And sometimes you just have to really listen to the team and interpret what they're saying because they may only have bits and pieces. Now, um, it, and sometimes you just don't get enough information to make it. So you have to like, push and pull it out. But I think then that makes it stronger for the team and whatever. But most of the time you can find the compelling story that will draw a person in on why you're, why you're doing what you're doing and then have a really good success story. So. So I kind of want to ask a little bit about themes. I know that sounds a little strange. So I see so often that, um, so one, one path that I see really often is just in general, mm-hmm. what we just talked about, we have this letter, we're just saying, here's what's going on, give, right? But then I also mm-hmm. see people yeah. that tackle it and they're like, feed, uh, we're like, we need to feed a hundred more families or we need to get a car for Lucy, you know, whatever it is, it's like a very specific thing. Um do you, have you ever tried that? Does it work well? Do you find it compelling? Cause I think it's hard for people to wrap their minds around when they're writing and planning to make that decision up front. Does that make sense? It does. And I think it really depends on one, the organization and what your specific needs are at the time of the ask. Is it for um, funds for um, operational expense, general, like just general donations to an organization that may not be designated to, um, a, right now we have a fan campaign going on where we're trying to get people to donate $25 to purchase stuff for those individuals that need a fan. So they can designate $25. It goes to that fan. So you could do something where that's, cause that's currently what we're doing at the end of the year. That's not necessarily the same ask. So it's really what your needs are. And it could potentially, depending on how your organization is and how the writing is of your letter, and if your asks are clear, you could give two options. For those individuals that want to specifically give to something, because that's what they're passionate about, it might be, here is a current need of, you know, $500 for gas to help people with um, getting to and from work, or, you know, 
you can just help in the provision of all the services that VAC does from all the basic needs, you can donate here. I think it's really one, depending on the organization and what their current is and the, the strength of the content that's in the letter. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because if you have really good stuff, it can be separated. If not, it's going to look clunky and weird. But I think that really comes down to what your organization has going. Do you have a bunch of fundraisers happening? Do you have a bunch of things happening on top of each other? And is a generic ask the best thing or a specific ask? Because that's what you need at that time. Yeah. Okay. So I hear you. And you're so saying, mind you, yeah. You're saying if you have a specific need at that time, don't be afraid to ask for it clearly. No. Yeah. And you could do, you could have two. I, I almost feel mm-hmm. like I would almost lean towards one. And, in, and then there's the year end giving campaign. And I feel like that is the time when most people are not having a themed fundraiser, so to speak. Um, you're I, I don't think you, I don't asking. think. If, yeah. If you're doing a year end letter, like we, like I would call our traditional year end letter, it doesn't have a theme. Mm-hmm. It is strictly here. We are at the end of the year. Here's what we've done so far. We need your help to push us to the end or to get us ready for the next year. And it's very clear. It's not a gimmicky theme. It's not like, you know, and there's really no punchlines or something like that. It's really, here's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. The punchline and some of that stuff can come into the social media posts or to the emails that grab people because, you know, you only get a quick second when you're looking at it. But a letter, you get a little bit more time with the letter to see what what that is. Um, and so I think in the true sense of a year end letter, it should be just a general thing. However, if your organization is going into the year end and you are needing something specific, you need to ask for that because people are going to want to know what they're giving to and that that difference is. And then as soon as you have, as soon as they donate and you have, you're able to say, we were able to fund X, Y, and Z, or this is this, then you share that with those individuals as in the thank you or a follow-up or something so that they know their, that, that what they did made a difference and it helps retain them as donors. Do you guys segment your year-end giving letters like by your audience at all? Because I could imagine where, let's say that you have hundreds of new contacts that ran your 5K. You don't have a deep relationship with them. And maybe you have a campaign that you run where you're getting, I'm thinking year end, right? So you might be asking for hats or scarves or mittens or whatever. Maybe there's a very specific thing that you're asking for at the end of the year. But then you also have this like year end letter. It makes me wonder if you couldn't segment them and be like, okay, you people that we don't know very well. Just remember that there's buckets at all the grocery stores and all the schools. Buy a hat, buy a scarf, put it in the bucket. Thank you so much. And then <laughs> for the other folks, you might be like, all right, friends, it's that time of year. We need your help. Let's get this final push underway. I, I think that would be great if one, the people have the capacity to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean capacity both not only in the, the staffing to do it, or the experience in somebody knowing how to separate that or in having whatever, whatever you organize your donors in. If you have a um, 
a donor database, if you have an Excel spreadsheet, something that you can track, because that's going to take some time to organize that. I think mm-hmm. that's fantastic if you can do it. Um, but then if you separate them out and you, because they are separated, you can't bulk mail them. You have to have the people to actually do the letters, do the stamps, get them in there and take care of that. So I think it's more of a capacity thing. There is extreme value in that. Now, on the flip side of that, if you have a donor database that has like emails, things like that, and you know, and those newer donors, I would say half to nine of nine out of 10 of those individuals come with an email because mm-hmm. of how they found you, that you could set out and target them with a separate letter or a separate content saying, hey, thanks for, you know, doing this and, and however you do your follow-up, but you should already have them segmented or be able to do that um, to do a specific ask or target it towards them. It's really going to be a capacity and it's really going to be a knowledge and experience level with those individuals um, to do that. I think there's definitely good um, retention rate when you can do that with those donors. So you're saying if that makes it sense. would be better to send the same letter out to every single person regardless than it would be to not send it out at all because you were so worried about doing these other complicated things. Like do the thing that yes. you can do. And yes. even if it's not perfect, do it anyway. <laughs> well, because you know that I think it, to you and I being in marketing for, you know, just a little over five or six years, because, you know, we haven't been in it that long. Um, but, you know, we're going back to the old touches of people needing seven to 10 touches to really be drawn in and, and for those donors to grow that stuff. And I think we're back in that where people need to be shared the information before they make that big commitment. And um, for some donors in Columbia, it's they do a donation to kind of touch the waters to see what they're donor journey is going to be like for that organization, um, what the thanks are going to be, what the follow-up's going to be. Um, and sometimes those $25 or $50 donation that might be a first-time thing will turn into a larger donation the next year to see how they can interact and then an even larger one in the coming years. So you can't, it's better if you don't have the capacity to send everything out to do everybody at once so that at least they know what everybody's getting, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that they're not being left out because better to get something and to get it than to not get it at all and be like, well, they don't care enough about me to send it because you don't know if they're sitting next to somebody at the office that said, oh, I got my letter from back today. And they said this and they're like, well, I didn't get anything. And maybe they gave $500, but because they, you, you didn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's better to do it all on that. In that case, if you don't have the capacity to do it. Done is better than perfect. <laughs> or yes. overly segmented. Yes. Right. Um, so yes. you've you've been doing the a year in giving campaign with VAC for like the last three years. One question that I mm-hmm. wanted to ask was do you use the same letter template every year? Do you freshen it up? Like, how would you suggest people go about doing that? It's pretty similar. The, the letter text, like kind of like the specific ask, the more formal ask is pretty much in the letter on the front with the signature and, um, you know, the traditional stuff that you put in the letter that we already talked about. And then the backside is really where it has more of a success story where you're making a difference. Um, it might be at, sometimes we've added like a something that was coming up that they needed to know about 
kind of an FYI. And then it was very clear. Here's how you can give. Here's what you can do. So the specific ask was on the back. I mean, there was an ask within the letter, but it was more of a soft ask because it was kind of buried in the letter. But the back is really, here's how you can donate. We're making it easy for you. Go from there. And it changes um, just for um, visually just to get things because sometimes you get things more concise and you just want to change up so it doesn't get stale to know you're getting the same letter every year. So you, you use last year's letter for the front part, like the traditional letter, you use that as a template and then you adjust it every year. And then the back part, yeah. you're going to adjust even more, which is, yeah. Is that true? Yeah. And it's really more of like, and I think that's too, it speaks to whomever the voice is, because you may have had a turnover in um, whoever's doing the giving. Um, you might have a new director of development. You might have somebody that switched. And so it, it needs to have the same voice, the same brand of your organization, but that person has to have some ownership for them. It might make it more, you know, you might want to put the ask on top as opposed to the bottom mm -hmm. and just, or depending on what content you have, you might actually have a picture one time and you want to put it here and you want it. So I think it really depends on at that, but you have a structure. It's traditionally the letter because it is the end of the year letter. Mm -hmm. You have that more formal type letter. Um, and that's what a lot of our donors have, the bulk of our donors have expected because we've been around for 50 plus years. That's what they're used to seeing. And we still have a good chunk of those donors. We're starting to build a better chunk of new donors to the organization. Um, so we still have to keep to some of those old traditions, if you will. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like that's one of the reasons much, so. that you do send a letter is because it's something that your mm -hmm. donors are used to. But I do think that mm -hmm. there's a place for direct mail in nonprofit marketing. There just is mm -hmm. like, and there's research that shows that you can reach millennials through it as well, because there's so much clutter everywhere else. And somehow it isn't existing as much in your actual mailbox anymore. So it's like junk mail yes. is now reserved yes. to my email and, and the actual letters yes. I open and look at. So, <laughs> yes. Okay. And I think, and you know, cause when you do, when you do those, you get you have to do the like labels or whatever on the letters. So it's not that bulk mail and people know that there's something that they need to take a look at. So yeah, that's a little bit of, and it's got a real stamp on it. So people will look. Okay. So <laughs> before we wrap up, is there anything that mm -hmm. you would like to say to people who are trying to create a year end ask that will stick that will, well, that they can use, have a template year after year, but then also that will compel people to give and, and create a response. One is look at what compels you and what you've gotten as a donor, because more than likely you've probably given to an organization in the past. Talk to your board members. If you have board members, if you're writing from that nonprofit world to find out what compels them. Um, we have phenomenal board members that will send me correspondence that they've gotten from organizations to say, Hey, did a really good job at this. Is there something that we can modify and make, you know, bring into what we're doing? Um, so look to those people, ask your friends what they're interested in doing. Um, and then find some, um, look at what you've done in the past and base that if you were successful because of something you did like a format, maybe that year it brought in, you know, $45,000 in end of the year giving because it might've been that format. So just kind of take a look at stuff and find out what works. Um, I don't, I don't know that there's one magical 
template format that works. It's got to be for that organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but ask around, find out what works for you. I know how I am and I know how the other people in my community are. So I can kind of, or in my network of people that I ask and that are donors, how to frame that and how to make it look for consumable for them and for me. And so I think it's really knowing your audience and that kind of stuff. Um, it takes a lot of work. It's, there's actually a science to it mm-hmm. and it's okay. If you fail, it's okay. I mean, even if you don't get a whole lot back from it, you still got it in the people's mailbox. They still had to open it and they still had to do some type of looking at it. So at least you made some type of an impression, whether it resulted in a hundred dollars or, you know, $50,000 it still resulted in something and somebody at least got it in their mailbox to see what you were doing. Yep. And maybe so it you just have resulted to look on the positive side. Maybe it just resulted in the dinner conversation, which is still word of mouth advertising. And that's a beautiful thing. You can't. Yes. <laughs> can't pay for that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so no. much for joining us today, Heather. Will you tell people how they can learn more about VAC or get in contact with you if they like want to pick your brain about something? Yeah, um, so you can visit our website, which is www.vacmo.org, or you can email me, and it's a real real winner, D-I-R-D-E-V at vacmo.org. And I'm more than happy to just shoot the breeze with you. Um, I don't say everything I do is fantastic. I just will share what I've done and let you ascertain what you need from it. Um, But I am passionate about what I do. um, And I think that there are some good things that I've done. And there are some things that have completely flopped, but have allowed me to do other good things because I know it, it, you know, how to work it. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy to share. I don't have anything that I feel is like my own and I have to guard it like the ring, my precious, I will share it because I think we're all successful. And this community is pretty savvy with giving to multiple organizations. So we should share the wealth and not be siloed. So that's, my I agree. Little, and my I know skill. I pick your brain from time <laughs> to time too. I'll be like, Hey, what do you think about this? Yeah. Just to get your feedback, because I don't know, like, Sometimes I just get stuck in my own head and you need to have that little network of people that you can trust to give you really honest feedback. <laughs> yeah. And it's not always the feedback you want to hear and it may not be helpful at the time, but it might come back. So um, really, if somebody has questions or whatever, I'm happy to provide some insight. So, and thank you for asking me to participate in this, Monica. I appreciate it. No problem. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you to all of our listeners Um, hopefully you learned a thing or two. And if you did, you could review this podcast and that would help us meet more people just like you. You're like giving me a digital thumbs up to the search algorithms in the podcast universe every time that you review it. So thank you in advance for your review. And until next time, go forth and market with purpose.